You're listening to episode 136 of the Room to Grow podcast. I'm Emily Goff, a podcasting coach, lifestyle entrepreneur, and a Canadian with a sense of curiosity and adventure, always asking more questions and using stories to connect with and positively impact others. Here on the Room to Grow podcast, we're going deep into big topics like relationships, mental health, business, confidence, lifestyle, personal development, and entrepreneurship, and being open, honest, and real about how to learn from tough lessons along the way when life throws you into the unexpected. I bring you thoughts and guests with stories that will change the way you look at the world and yourself so that we can learn from each other and grow with lots of self-love and compassion every step of the way. There's always more room to grow. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Room to Grow podcast. And today I have such a special guest on and a lot of you have reached out to me. I've had so many people reach out to me about a quote that today's guest uh, posted on Instagram and I referenced it and her in episode 117 and so many of you reach out to me about this one quote. Uh, In episode 117, I talk about the infidelity in my relationship and the the nine-year affair that was going on and I referenced the quote by Renell Nelson, we all eat lies when our hearts are hungry. And that quote will stick with me. I, I actually had more than one person tell me that they had written that quote down and that it was going to stay with them for the rest of their lives. And frankly, I feel the same way. It, it was just an incredibly powerful quote and I love what Renell does and I really wanted to bring her on the podcast and she graciously agreed uh, despite some time difference issues that we had uh, that were totally on me. Um, and she just was so generous with her time and her energy in this episode. Renell is an infidelity and intimacy recovery strategist, assisting individuals and couples with healing from the residue of betrayal and learning how to reconnect with themselves, life, relationships, and pleasure. Renell's also a licensed marriage and family therapist and a certified sex therapist and a coach, and she's been assisting individuals and couples with change for over 10 years. We got into a lot of really juicy shit on this episode. Uh, There are a couple of minor sound issues that I wanted to let you know about, um, but there's so much amazing stuff in this episode. You absolutely must listen and hear all of the amazing things that Renelle has to offer. She talks to us about calming the emotional storm that happens post-affair before any major decisions are made, which is really important. Uh, Healing the trauma that comes from our previous relationships, especially when it comes to infidelity, so that we don't carry that into our next relationship and make a new partner pay for past trauma that had nothing to do with them either. That's a super important one, and I, I think I can speak for most of us when I say we've all done that to some degree, and breaking that cycle is really, really important to both our own emotional and mental health, but also to the wellness of our next relationship too. Uh, We talk about breaking apart this, this sort of storybook idea that we have of relationships and instead examining the real work that has to happen to create happy, healthy partnerships too. Uh, talking about opening the lines of communication in whole new ways. Renelle gives us some very specific and amazing examples and sort of affair-proofing your relationship as much as possible while also recognizing that no one is immune to infidelity either. She talks to us about the many different forms of betrayal that uh, can take place, including of ourselves, which is really where things start to go wrong the most. And... She is just full of amazing quotes, <laughs> and Renelle said, you date at the level of your self-esteem, and we get into that a lot, and I just thought that that was such a powerful one. You're going to pull so much incredible goodness from this episode, and I'm really, really excited to dive into this one, so let's get going. Today, I am bringing you the incredible Renelle Nelson. Renelle, thank you so much for being on today and for taking the time, despite all of our time difference issues and me missing the time a week ago, we managed to make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. I appreciate you um, sending me the invite. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm just thrilled to have you on. So tell us a little bit about, about yourself and about how you ended up doing what you do now, because you also have kind of a a varied um, umbrella of of different types of couples that you work with and, and different areas that you work with them in. So I'd love to hear more about that. Okay. 
So again, my name is Renelle Nelson. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I specialize in sexual issues and infidelity recovery. Oh, that's a story. That's a, <laughs> that's a drink right there about why I got into the field. Well, when tell us. Now I'm curious. You can't, you can't leave it that and not tell us. <laughs> when I became a, a marriage and family therapist, I knew I wanted to specialize in sexual issues and infidelity. One, um, growing up, I was um, highly sexualized. Uh, I didn't know how to receive pleasure. I just thought my body was to give. So early on, I started my sexual plight, and I was so disconnected from my body and what was it for. I didn't know anything, you know. I didn't know orgasms. I didn't know, I didn't know that I'm supposed to even feel something during sex. I thought it was just to, again, give pleasure. So I knew once I got uh, older and I just started really looking into it and not even like to my late thirties, did I really get heavily into sex education and everything like that. Um, that's for the sex part. Oh, and add on that I was a young mother and going through depression <laughs> and my um, relationship at the time, um, was habitually cheating on me. Mm. So doing this whole plight of when growing up, a uh, couple relationships always was number two, never number one, right? So I didn't understand that. I was just so used to being uh, either the main one or the other one. I got into a relationship, uh, a really a long-term relationship, and he just habitually cheated on me. Uh, said I wasn't around, I was always in school, uh, just really just, again, just made me feel like it was my fault. Uh, like a lot of us do, I stayed in a relationship. I stayed in a relationship because, you know, who wants to jump around? You just want your family to stay together. So I wasn't ashamed of that. That's uh, keeping my family together. What happened, but what happened was <laughs> the infidelity never stopped and it produced uh not one child but two and then i was like you know what enough is enough so i decided to leave but no one ever told tells you that just because you leave um the trauma still exists so everybody like i'm gonna leave the relationship i did that i'm like oh i'm gonna have this best life nope i was still just really just i had PTSD. I really just kept to myself. I just really, now that I know that um, betrayal causes trauma. So taken to all of that, that created uh, Renelle Nelson. Renelle Nelson um, Kaleidoscope. I chose that name because I want to give people a different view. So um, I got Affair Aftercare because you need care after affair, right? You just can't, you're not just going to heal on your own. So that's my story. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. My gosh, that is a huge amount that you had to deal with. And I, I really like that you highlighted too, that there, there are reasons for, for staying, that some people need to stay, that that's the right choice for them. And, and I, I really want to highlight that. And the fact that if and when you do decide to leave and that that is the right choice for you, that the trauma still exists. And that... that <laughs> quite literally PTSD that, that goes with it is if you don't do anything with it, it's always going to be there. So how do you even start to, to work on helping couples or individuals heal from that type of trauma? And obviously it's going to vary whether or not they're deciding to work through it as a couple or whether they're working through it as an individual, uh, either whether or not they're staying in the relationship or not. Where do you even begin? First, the first thing is to begin is to um, calm the emotional storm. When you find out about um, a betrayal, and remember for your audience, betrayal starts way before the romantic relationship. We really learn or are betrayed by our caregivers, our families, and our friends way before we even get into a romantic relationship. Uh, we learn about betrayal uh, from TV. We learn about it from 
different aspects of our life where something happened and it just didn't feel right or we just felt like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that to me. So you take into the point of our family, uh, we see and sometimes we see witness infidelity in our family. We maybe our parents, right? You know, uh, if, if they stay at the goal or if mom kept the marriage in. So what I'm trying to say that the foundation is set even before, you know, you begin in a relation, uh, romantic relationship, the foundation is set. So you add in the romance and uh, getting to know somebody. So everybody like, how do I know? Should I stay or should I go? So we began with the story. I always want to hear about how did you learn about betrayal? Have you ever been betrayed? And what does this affair mean to you? You know, what does this affair say to you but mean to them? Because sometimes the affair, as we know, doesn't have anything to do with us, but it says something to us. Sometimes it digs up something root, so the root of something that we try to tuck away somewhere, right? So it's just like the affair means so much. So I always started where what does this mean to you what do you want to do because i always want to know especially if you want to stay why why do you want to stay and we they talk about for the kids or for this but i want to know why you want to stay because that's going to be really the motivation i really want to know why do you want to stay this relationship and what does a relationship mean to you one thing i love to do is get into the individual head i'm not saying that that um i would call them the hurt partner everybody like well, why are you zeroing zeroing in on the hurt partner i was like because i need to understand if they want to stay or if they want to go i want to give them the education they need to heal but first i have to see where we're healing i will start my my session start off with um if it's an individual is just getting to know you session you'll be even before talking about the betrayal and if it's a couple i see um each of them by themselves, because I got to see their, hear their story. I got to see what their, what, what dream was shattered, or what did the affair mean, right? Because I know people don't want to hear this, but oh, and I, I'm, a, I'm used to being a bad guy. The infidel is not the bad guy all the time, like we think. Shit just happens. It's just like people grow apart. We can go more into that, but we got to hear the infidel story too, especially if we want to heal the couple. That's such a great reminder. Oh, oh my gosh, I have so many questions from this. So one, one thing is getting into the reasons potentially, and, and this, this will vary. So I'm not expecting you to you know, come up with like all the specifics, but one of the first questions that I feel like most people ask is why, why do people cheat? Or like, why did you cheat? Or, and, and the reasons can vary massively, but what are some of the most common reasons that you see and not necessarily just like the surface level shit, but the, the kind of deeper reasons as to why people cheat? Because one that I have sort of come across and that I, I feel like is, is something that I have seen happen in real life is that that person wanted to become a different version of themselves. And the only way that they could do that was with someone else. And it wasn't that they, they didn't want, they didn't want to lose the other part of themselves that was with the, the main partner, but they also still wanted this other version as well. But what, what does that look like for you when you're working with, with couples and, and figuring out why people stray out of a relationship? It's many different types of affairs. We have, like you said, the split self affair. Like I'm, I can't be myself here. Um, but I see myself in this other person. And that's what sometimes we're looking for. Sometimes the infidels looking for a part of them, looking for a part of them that they find in another person. So it's basically a split self. Um, we have conflict avoidant affairs. Basically, you know, everything is good at home. You tiptoeing because you want this idea of marriage. You want these two kids and a dog. But then on the other end, that's not really you. So you really get to live with this other partner. You know, we have um, something, <laughs> the narcissist, the, uh, the affair, the one who always feel like they, they, it's their right. I take care of home. I take care of this. I deserve to this. You know, I deserve to do this. Entitlement affairs. Uh, one affair that we don't talk about a lot is the exit affairs. Um, some people, believe it or not, have affairs to get caught, to get out of the relationship. You know, so it varies. 
uh, one night stand. We can talk about a lot of affairs. We can talk about many different types of affairs, but what we get down to the core of it is no reason. It's gonna nothing's gonna be valid of why you do it. So that's why I ask my couples who be like, why, why, why? I say, understand you may never know why because they don't know why. And if you get if you get the answer, it's not gonna feed your soul. It, it, you're not gonna be like, oh, okay, that's why. Oh, okay, right? I get it now. It's fine. Yeah, it's I fine. get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why it was. Uh-huh. So when I working with couple, I'm like, why, why, why? I say you have to really understand. When you talk about um, the, some of the reasons why, I'm really looking into more of self-intimacy. If you said you follow me on um, Instagram, and if you know my Instagram is messy, I really like to do the se sex, love, and chaos of relationships. I like the chaos because we don't talk about that shit, right? So we don't talk about, we always want to go into relationships. We had this storybook idea of this relationship, right? So we, we go into this relationship going just blinders. So then we don't talk about monogamy. We assume it. We don't talk about values or whatever it is. We want to stunt. We want to ring. We want to showboat. We want to do all this. So what happened is the devastation come when our ideal partner doesn't fit our script right? We feel so betrayed. I gave my all to you. You were my supposed to be my only one. Um, you were supposed to be better than everybody else. This is what I hear in my session. And I asked them, I was like, well, did you ever discuss this with them? No. I'm like, well, damn, they didn't even know what they signed up for. So you have all these expectations on this person, but then they let you down and you feel like a personal failure. And that's another thing I like to say, you can't take your partner's limitations and liabilities and make them your personal debt, right? They cheated on you, but why do we, and that's a whole nother um, podcast, why do we take it so personal? Why that's a, that's a beautiful part? question. That's a, that's a loaded and powerful question is why, why do we take it so personally? <laughs> Because again, go back to where it says something about us. We so we don't want to admit, but we selfish, right? Everything is about us. Why did you do this to me? How could you do this to that? You know, we just selfish about it and we think we want to control it and we think it has something to do with us. So of course we want to know because some of us want to fix it. Other people want to play the blame game. So how do, how do you kind of, course correct people then to step out of that kind of more selfish view because you're absolutely right it we are innately selfish it, it, it's built into us to you know always be looking out for number one so how do you get people to take a, a little bit of a different view and sort of step into someone else's shoes potentially to be able to see the side of the other side of that but I mean that's so difficult when someone is so deep in pain so how do you kind of finesse that? So one thing is we come in an emotional roller coaster. We first, one thing with um, a betrayal, we want to be acknowledged. We want somebody to hear our story. We have to create a safe and nurturing environment for somebody to be able to feel vulnerable again. Remember, we are in shock. We're in shock. That's the body's natural defense mechanism. So we can't do anything. At the discovery, I just talk to people and just say, I know this gonna sound crazy, but I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to be. Cause sometimes we so messed up, we need permission to do something. Cause we don't know what to do. Our world just crashed. Once that initial emotional, just kind of like simmered down a little, the veil kind of came down again. I just say, okay, now what are you thinking? What are you feeling? And then we discuss that. And we discuss that to the part that, what do you feel happened, right? And the, I, they wanna say, well, I wanna know this, I wanna know that, I wanna, I wanna say, okay, but do you really need to know how many times they did X, Y, Z? Do you really need to know what restaurant they went to? You know, do you really need to know that? Or do you need to know what in our relationship opened the door this affair mm. asking better questions so, basically 
asking better questions and no blame. And so I have to really prompt people because you have to be in a, you have to be in a space for understanding. And I have to tell my clients, we're, we're not here for arguing match because you can do that at home. But if you really truly want to heal, we are going to have to talk about the affair. We are going to have to hear their story. It may not make sense, but it's not for understanding. It's for awareness. So well, comment that story down and let them hear. It. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Please go ahead. Continue. No, I'm just saying that's how I kind of um, had how to get from um, off of us, me, 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 and get into the relationship. And then um, personal healing is part of the healing. So you have the couple that need to be healed, and then you got each individual need to be healed. Don't forget the infidel. Something is going on. We have to give that person, like it or not, we got to give them uh, the skills that they need to communicate. To communicate, and why do they assume their partner wasn't going to meet their needs? Why do they assume that? Why couldn't they voice their concern? And then we have to bring that also to the relationship. Now, I'm talking in a sense of that uh, this is a couple who wanted to work. But one thing about the program that I have, I do education and I let them know, uh, you may choose to go, you may choose to stay. But one thing about it, you have the education you needed and the answers, uh, answers to your questions so you can start healing, right? You're not just guessing anymore, you know. Because if you, you know, some of us just leave and we never really know. And then we take all that baggage into the other relationship. So remember that relationship is not solved. So we take it to the next, uh, the next relationship and we want him or her to answer all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense when we put it that way. <laughs> Yet so many but, of us do it. <laughs> but isn't that right? Isn't yes. that right? How many of us take the piece? We don't get the answers we want out of one relationship so what do we do we go into a new relationship what do we do we go in hyper vigilant are you cheating on me who are you with who this why are you doing this why are you doing it we got all these questions for this person they looking like what is going on we taking all this trauma and projected unhealed and hurt and pain and we project it into our next relationship and i mean ultimately we we all have unhealed trauma and all of the time. I mean, we're, we're all always working through one thing or another, but this is the problem is that when you take something so significant as so traumatic, and then you don't actually work through it, you just take it, you know, with your baggage into your next relationship. We tend to continue. I'm very much of the belief that, that we tend to continue to get hit with the same lessons over and over again until we over actually and over again. Them. Yes. Right. And then people and are surprised when they keep being cheated on. And I'm like, okay, but have you, have you worked on, on the first time like, <laughs> and gone back a bit? Have you worked on you? Yes, exactly. The best thing, I had a couple the other day, and I just, we went and took it way back. I said, what does a relationship mean to you? And they just looked at each other. Because remember, expectations are assumed mm. and never discussed. Roles are assumed and never discussed. This is why I say, um, I don't believe, you know, they say I, uh, a fair proof your marriage. I talk a lot about that, but you, you can't make anybody have an affair. That's a choice. But it's just a word I say, because let's have these key elements in it. Let's talk about the shit before it even happens. You just don't talk about monogamy or when you say your vows. You talk about monogamy all the damn time, right? One thing that I see that people don't talk about is attraction. Why do people feel when you in love, that shields you for being attracted to somebody else? Right? So why don't we talk about that? Why don't we have a conversation about what's the boundary? Um, and what does betrayal mean to you? Does me going out to dinner with everybody and it's a late, the secretary come, late night drinks, betrayal, and we can even go uh, secret bank account, or we can even go emotional. You telling me something that's important to you, but you don't tell me? Can we talk about emotional affairs? Right? But we got to know what betrayal means. 
these are the questions we need to ask. And sometimes we are more um, reactive to these questions instead of proactive. And it, I really like that you mentioned the part about what betrayal means to you as well, because not only is that a really important conversation to have about, you know, the, the different layers of betrayal and, and what, is, what betrayal looks like to one is not necessarily the same as to what betrayal will look like for another. So it's partly why communication is so important. But the other thing is too, is that a lot of us are betraying others in in entirely different senses that have nothing to do with, with cheating or having an affair or stepping outside of the relationship, but we don't call those betrayals. We just say that that's a mistake and we expect people to, to accept it and to move on from it. We're like, well, what, what the hell's your problem? Like it was, it wasn't a big deal. That might not have been a big deal to you, but it might be to them, even if it has nothing to do with an affair. And if enough of those betrayals, those little, you know, so-called smaller betrayals add up over time, then you're looking for a bit of a shit storm anyway. You're, you're going to run into problems as a couple. What about the betrayal of self? Mm, yes. That's a beautiful reminder. So walk us through betrayal of self and what that ends up looking like when you're working with people. Betrayal of self is really not knowing. I believe in self-intimacy. This is my new term this month is self-intimacy. And that's really um, your day-to-day -day awareness of your emotions, your behaviors, your motives. What's your desires? What's your aspirations? What are your boundaries? We need to know these things so we can communicate them with the, our partners. We can't expect our partners to know and understand this. So if I have to be intimate with myself to share with my partner, to create an intimacy within my relationship, intimacy is feeling vulnerable, but I have to know what aspect of that am I comfortable with, but it starts with self. A lot of us are in relationships to complete us or to heal us. We have high expectations from them because we don't want to deal with our shit. So we camouflage. We put on the makeup, the lashes, and the hair. But we want the relationships. We don't work on us. So that's when the blame comes in. We so act the blame, but we never look at ourselves. I'm not saying, and a lot of people say, are you saying that people are to blame for infidelity? I said, no, you're, getting, you're, not, you're not understanding what I'm saying. I'm saying to fully understand infidelity and betrayal, you cannot heal unless you look at yourself. Because some of us, um, if you uh, understand what I'm saying, is some of us are blind to it. What about, have you ever heard of silent consent? Mm, yes. Uh, as long as you don't bring, how I was raised, as long as you don't bring it, as long as they don't bring it home, as long as I don't see it, keep your holes in the street. Isn't that consent? Yeah. Long as my friends don't see it, long as it's not my family and friends, watch what you say to your partner. And that's the thing. So many people don't. And then that, that leads us into even like the, I, I know you kind of already touched on this, but the stay versus leave, there's a huge amount of stigma associated with both sides. And I mean, Esther Perel has, has really pointed this out that they used to be shame in leaving and now the shame is in staying. But that also kind of ties in with the silent consent conversation, because I think that it also used to be much more respected that and understood that you know silent consent was assumed that and typically in the past it would be like the male stepping outside of the relationship the female would know in a heteronormative terms and that that was just you know of course she wouldn't say anything because that wasn't you weren't supposed to and now it's like if you know that an affair is going on why the fuck aren't you talking about it and why aren't you, you know, kicking them out of the house or, or in this day and age, obviously it can be women just as often as, as men, but this is often. absolutely. But then there's this, this stigma associated with both of these sides and they're like two very different camps and nobody's meeting in the middle about it. <laughs> Cause nobody want to talk about it because like, um, her, she's awesome. I follow her, uh, all my teachings, everything I learned from her. I, I'm like, uh, infidelity, betrayal kind of sewer kind. So. I just study a lot of people, but listen to uh, her and everybody. Communication is, you hear that. Communication is key. Communication is key. Bullshit. It's how you communicate. 
is what you communicate. You know, people talk every day, but they're not talking about shit. You're not talking about deep shit, concerns. Well, how's the kids? Well, we got to get, what do you desire? Am I fulfilling your desires? What are your expectations? How is our sex life? Is there anything else you want to try? What about emotion? Do you feel like I'm satisfying you emotional? Um, I see that you were kind of selfish the other day. Let's talk about that. Do you feel like you can't talk to me? Let's have those conversations. Let's have those conversations. Because I have so many couples that say, oh, we communicate, we communicate. I said, but y'all not talking about shit. Yeah. Because I get, it's so, oh my God, I have so many aha moments. I know that Esther Perel, she has like sessions. I see why she does it because you should, you see two couples who argue and argue, argue, and they look at each other because they be like, I never, I never knew you thought that. I didn't know you felt this way. How can we be so close, man, right next to each other, but so far apart? And that's sort of the, the age-old question. I think a lot of people have ended up asking themselves that question, especially really far into a long-term relationship where it's like you wake up one day and you realize, I don't even know the person next to me. And mm -hmm. that's a really devastating realization because at that point, I think most people have let things go so long that it's very difficult to know where to start communicating and both partners have to be on board with that too. And if only, if it's only one person making the changes and like asking the questions and trying to do the communication, but the other one is sort of stonewalling and not willing to participate or thinking that it's, it's stupid. And why are you asking me these questions? Because they're really uncomfortable too, potentially right. where, you know, where do you even go from there? Because both have to be on board for it to work. It has to be a two way street. Yeah, it has to. And a lot of things, um, because um, I have an adult education background, everybody communicate and taking information different. Talking, especially in my new um, relationship, talking is not a strong point, but I was like, I understand you don't like talk a lot, but we need to communicate about these. So this is when we have the meetings and everything, because you're going to run into people who are not strong communicators. Um, you're going to run into people who rather, uh, you have to get creative. I have my couples write notes, write letters, you know, do make videos for each other. So where there's a will, there's a way. And what you said, the key thing is two people. When one person is reluctant, you have to understand that you may not understand why, but don't listen to more much of the content. What's the context? Am I making it safe for them to talk? Um, what's my tone? Right? Why do, how have our arguments ended? So we so stuck and like, you know, right? What's the biggest thing? Miscommunication. If I don't feel like I can talk to you, these questions sound good, but every time I say something, you belittle me, you holler, you make me feel stupid. So it's how we communicate, how we communicate these things to get to know somebody and to know your partner. Isn't this an awesome time? How do you like for me to communicate with you? How can I be more effective communicating? That's so sexy. <laughs> it is sexy. <laughs> That's, that is conversation. <laughs> relationships, relationships are small, intimate conversations. If you're not talking, you don't have a relationship. You had the situationship, right? That's Let's talk point. about that. And yeah. we talk about we talk about affairs. So one thing about affairs, you know, it's always what I say: you never assume, you discuss. You talk about the hard stuff. You talk about what this means and what that means and how does this feel? How does this make you feel? When we are healing from the betrayal, we're gonna talk about the affair story. We're not going to talk uh, basically about details, but again, the context of how did our relationship leave the door open for this affair? Not the who, why, where, where. We can get to that if you want to, but it's not going to make something better. It's the how did we let this happen? 
And what does this mean for our relationship? Is this something that can be saved or do we need to uncouple? Our relationship should not be saved. Yeah. Or can be. Our relationship, I'm going to say it again, our relationship can't be saved and some shouldn't be saved. Especially yeah. when it's abuse, um, verbal, emotional, physical. And this, you know, if you if they grew apart, we don't talk about that. Especially people like that. Sometimes we uncouple, and we don't have to have to, but we just uncouple, and we can do that good. You know, we don't have to be so mad at each other because we try to own the person and we just own an experience and that's why I like Esther Perel too when she just talk about that that we get so territorial you're mine <laughs> you can't do this you're mine instead of discussing what exactly does that mean yeah and that's a really it, it, that's such an incredible reminder because there we have as a society this idea that if a couple breaks up that it's a failure. Right. And that is absolutely not often actually not the case because there are some couples who just shouldn't be together for various reasons. Even if there isn't abuse happening, there are still sometimes lots of good reasons why certain couples shouldn't be together. It doesn't mean that it's any less painful when they, you know, when, when you break up or it doesn't make something like an affair any less painful as well. But it still is for the, the, the greater good of both of you, likely. It's just that you have to move through that process, but we have so much shame associated with the ending of relationships. And it doesn't have to be so heavy. It, we, we, you know, in our eternal shame, right? Yes, we exactly. Talk about self How many of our are moving that this don't have anything to do? We got internal shame and guilt. So remember what I asked you, uh, when I said about the affairs, what did it mean to them? But say about me, mm -hmm. or what did it say to them or mean to me? We need to talk about that. What did it mean to me? What did it brought up? We do a whole session on self care and what did the uh, relationship mean for me? Because we need to get that out. Man, it made me realize that I didn't take my relationship serious. It made me realize that. A, B, C, D. It made me realize we want to talk about that. These are the stories that need to be told. And that's a really important it's part of the healing process. Yeah, you, you have to have that conversation in order to even begin healing. You have to. You, you can't skip self, no matter how mad they are. And I, I know, I hear all on my page, everything else. You know, uh, how uh, the cheating, the spying, the lengths are people going to to do, you know, stuff. It's some bad stuff. I understand. But again, I'm not for everybody and everybody shouldn't be in a fairy cover. So I'm just talking about, yeah, it is some assholes out there. It is. And we fall in love with them. Right. It is. some, And, I'm, and I try to, that's when I do really individual sessions about how can we get past this this is a chapter in your life and not, not even get past how can we grow through this not go through it but grow through this because one thing is we so mad in love but you can't be mad in love you just wasted your love on somebody who didn't deserve it mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing when you talk about healing we don't want to embrace vulnerability uh, we don't want to trust everybody. I can't trust. I can't trust. First, what does trust mean to you? If you look at the definition, it's acting on something, faith and unseen. So when you say I don't trust you or I don't trust myself, it comes in, it's the process. No, you're not going to trust them right after it happens. And that's why you got to look at patterns and not words. When you think about even staying, what are they patterns saying? Are they trustworthy? Do you think they can rebound after this? Do you think you can rebound after this? And I tell my couples, you know, no, you're not going to trust them 100%, but maybe five, maybe 10. Just long, long as you know healing is not a quick fix. It's a process. And it's going to take some time. But if you have a right partner that's supportive, 
you're discussing, you're sharing different things, it works. And that's when it's so important to get out of the chaos and the dramatics of the situation, because it can be so easy to get stuck in that. Like she did this and, and he did that. And can you believe that, that this happened to, to me? And, and just so much in victim mindset and just having like bitch sessions with your friends, basically, like yeah. every time you tell the story, that's what comes out as opposed to like it, when, when we get stuck in, in those patterns, it's not conducive to healing because you have to have these other types of conversations that you're talking about in order to move through the healing process and actually grow through it. Like what you were talking about, as opposed to just going through it and you know, retelling the dramatics over and over again. Why don't you start a conversation with somebody instead about what this type of trauma is doing for you as opposed to what it's doing to you? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, our stories become so saturated. I'm working with a lot of women whose stories are so saturated, but when it's time to heal, they can't release those stories. Because without those stories, they don't know who they will be. Yeah, and they're hanging on to them so tightly. Yeah. They're hanging on to it, this, the story, and they and it's so much power. You're talking about your whole world changing. You have to have some power. It's so much power in anger. And it's so much power, believe it or not, in being a victim. Mm-hmm that sometimes we don't want to acknowledge it and let those roles go and understand why do we want to hold on to something that's hurting us? Because that's the thing. We often don't understand it ourselves. So we just continue to hang on to it because we, we aren't recognizing it for what it is and we don't know any better. And it's not until it, it's pointed out to us, but even then sometimes we get very righteous. Like, no, this, this was done to me. I'm allowed to be pissed off about this. I'm allowed to to you know, stay in my little victim bubble, basically, that this was done yeah. to me and I didn't have a say in this. And that's just such a disempowering place to be. You'll never be it able to move on from it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You never do. But it takes you to get a therapist like me to be like, okay, so how long? How long are we going to do this? It's year five. <laughs> because it's only hurting it you me. at that point. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I give you one or two. But... I know people is year 10 and they still bring it up. Yeah. And I'm like, people be like, Renelle, you know, that's not funny. It can be devastating. It can traumatize. I can understand all that, but come on, come on. Your kids got kids, everything like that. How much, why let that be part of your story, not your story. Not because what, what happened you. is, yeah. yes, yes. Because we don't know our energy. People like everybody just like everybody keeps cheating on me. Why don't we just take a break and let's work on your energy and really focusing on, on yourself as opposed to looking for your next relationship, because yeah. I see that happen a lot too, that people will get out of, of a serious long-term relationship, whether or not there was cheating, but often, you know, when there's, when there's infidelity or something like that, and they very rapidly either move on to the next relationship or they're, or they're at least looking for their next relationship immediately. And because they don't want to be alone, right? Yeah. And that happens all the time. With yeah. yourself. And then we have to, this, this is when we have individual sessions and we discuss attachments. We discuss wounds. And we just get raw and naked with ourselves. That's the only way we're going to figure out something. We can't expect somebody to give us pleasure or teach us about ourselves. We have to own it. Healing is a personal journey. Education of thyself is personal. We spend so much time and energy understanding how to get a partner. We spend so much time and energy of spending all these thousands of dollars of going to college and getting masters and doctorate, but we never study the book of us, the book of self. Why do I do the way I do? I journal, you know, all my clients journal. And I say, this is for you. They have precise, um, if you don't journal, you don't do my assignments, I don't work with you because it's levels to this. It's steps. It's no magic bullet.
Yeah. And you have to work through the layers in order to get to the next one. For real healing. And I, and that's what I think I want to be on. And I pride myself on, I want you to have real authentic healing. No more band-aids. My favorite thing to talk about is how can we turn the survivor mode off? What is some of the, what are some of the ways that you find help people to move into that space? Is it, I mean, I don't think it's, it's not likely just one thing, but what are some of like the most powerful ways that people are able to get to that point? Really, um, with the questions I have uh, about bringing about awareness, I have a lot of questions like I presented today. What's desire? What's a relationship? What does love mean to you? How would you like to be loved? How do you know you're not being loved? So we have all of this deep-rooted stuff that you need to sit with. And then it sparks interest and awareness. And I was like, okay, now just be aware of your movements. But people are just conscious of their language. If they use um, language that doesn't promote growth, never, always. We have to watch our language. Remember, we think it, we say it, we believe it, we move like it. So it's all these different components. But we have to change how we think. So really just going in there to deconstruct, to reconstruct. And a deconstruction is painful. Mm-hmm. It's going to bring out a lot of different stuff. It's just like, it's like detox. All that shit got to come out. You can't, like my favorite thing is, you can go to the best therapist it is. Best therapist it is. If there is in the world, but if you don't have space for that shit in your head, it means nothing. You have to be open to understanding, open to not, you're not going to know the answers, right? You got to be open to new beginnings. You have to be open. And then once you acknowledge stuff, you have to release it. Yeah, you you know, you know how we say we got betrayals. Yeah, I was messed up when I'm young. Yeah, I'm doing you know all your betrayals, but how can you release that so it doesn't take up so much space? I'm not saying forget what happened to you. People are like, I'm never gonna forget what happened. I'm not saying forget that, but take the lesson, not the experience. Mm-hmm. Take the lesson and put it. That's gonna be like a um, you think about a suitcase versus a carry-on. That's a great example, actually. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take, take the experience, but you don't, have to, you don't have to take the situation. Instead of saying, um, I was betrayed. My ex-husband used to, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but we had that, right? You yeah. know people, you can say, it's sunny outside. I don't like the sun. I remember <laughs> it was sunny the day I found out I was cheated on. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> And that's not a good place to be. And the other thing is other people don't want to be around that energy either. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So then, then you end up confused as to like why nobody wants to hang, hang around you or get into a, you know, a really healthy relationship with you. That's why, because of what you're saying, like that's the energy, that's the vibe that you're putting out into the world. It's no wonder that it's being reflected back to you. What? Just understand what infidelity for your listeners. And I know it's like, she's not telling us anything about infidelity. Infidelity is something that's so broad that we need to shine a light on it. You're going to have bits and pieces of education. Just know it's beyond the couple. Mm -hmm. Um, Infidelity expands into the community. It expands into our family and our friends. You know, that's why when I say when it's part of a fair proofing is get around people who value and had the same morals as you, but who's not really to like um, pull you to the uh, side and say, you know, that's not right. Instead of people who, you know, permit it to happen. So it's bigger than a couple. And we need to understand that. And we need to get educated on that. And to really understand and heal, we have to hear both sides. Yeah, and that's important to not just attack the the infidel because they they'll never communicate they'll they'll never be in that safe space like what you were describing 
to be able to really get to the root of some of the issues if we're just throwing blame at them and screaming at them or, you know, crying and, and freaking out over it, we're never going to be able to provide that safe space to really get the answers that, that not only that we need to hear, but that they need to release themselves as well. Yes. Yes. And I work with the infidel on how to support your partner through the healing. They need help too. Mm-hmm. Especially if you stay, how to make your partner feel validated, how to listen and support them during your, during their triggers. How to know that your chaos was the is the result of some of their pain. I'm not saying you need to be beat over the head for the rest of your life, but acknowledge that it's there. They just um a lot of us who was we want we um want to be validated that yes, I messed up. I fucked up. I shouldn't have did that. And I'm sorry that I got you in. I just helped a uh one a male uh, the other day own this shit. I said, validate your wife and tell her, you know, what we going through. You going through therapy. You trying to understand why and just apologize for putting her into your shit. Acknowledge that she's a good wife and was a good mother and your shit don't have nothing to do with her. It may not seem like a lot to you, but to somebody who's trying to figure out what the hell happened, it may be a little bit of calmness to her storm. One thing I want before we start wrapping up is I always want to talk about the infidel because we forget them because one of the things I was listening to um, an interview with Jay-Z, you know, when the whole thing with Beyonce and Eliminate and everything, I really don't like to use people's names, but uh, he said something to me was just so profound and he was just like, um, I don't know the exact words, but he was just like, uh, infidelity was like survival. And he just talked about how it was um, men talked about it. Uh, generations talk about it. it was something that he seen and learned and so I talked to a lot of men about it and I talked to uh, one man in particular and he enlightened me um, when he decided to step away from his marriage he just said I didn't know when she gonna keep putting me out nothing I can say or do will ever help and every time we get in an argument she tell me to get out she tell me to get out and I just got tired of sleeping in my car in that hotel. Mm. And I'm not saying that's right. No, no, no. I'm not, not saying it's right, but I needed to hear that. She needed to hear that. We need to hear that. That it's no reason to cheat. It's no reason. It's a personal choice. But to hear him say that was like, okay, we need to fight fair. Yeah. But that's how she was raised of telling the man, get out, get your shit. I don't need you. And then letting them back. I know people, I know people probably be like, what is she talking about? Yeah, a lot of us put them out, take them back, put them out, take them back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's these generational ties that we continue to perpetuate until we decide to be the one that breaks it. It's like in in Game of Thrones when when Daenerys says she's going to break the wheel, we have to make those decisions to break whatever, you know, figure out what the wheel is first in our own lives and then re, be the ones to break that wheel to to stop the cycle from continuing. You have to break the cycle. First you got to know what the cycle is. Mm-hmm. And you have to be okay with it that knowing that it's not for you. Knowing just because mom stayed or auntie left, do what's right for you. Do yeah. what's right for you. You know, because sometimes staying for the kids is not healthy because the kids come out fucked up because it's a dysfunctional relationship. While you staying, you doing you harming more than helping. And trust me, all the kids know. The kids always <laughs> the kids always know. That's the thing. Like so many so many of us adults just we think that we're magically hiding things from kids. Kids pick up way more than adults do. Like kids see more of what's going on in the world and can sense more of what's going on in the world than adults ever will. <laughs> but we think that we're somehow shielding them and we're not. <laughs> I did that. Um, I was, a, uh, my son enlightened me. My son enlightened me because I thought I'm doing a good thing and keeping my family together. And my son read me. He knew the days and that hurt me. Yeah. He knew when I was crying. He knew when something, and then he formed like, and you don't want to say this, but a hatred. Yeah. 
that I didn't know was brewing. And because I never discussed with him what was going on. You don't want to put kids in your business, right? But I, I mean, we didn't shield it good enough. And the environment was toxic. And they can feel that. And yeah. so um, I talked to him about it now that he's a young man because I want to break the generational curse. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about a narrative that this is not all men is good in you. This is, you know, and talk about stuff. But my son is kind of different anyway because he's uh, he lives with a, a marriage and family therapist and a sex therapist. That's so, amazing. <laughs> He is set for life. He's good to go. <laughs> you would think so, but he was like, please don't talk about it. He came home, the deal <laughs> was lube. He like, oh my God. <laughs> don't embarrass me, mom. <laughs> and he hears me on stuff like podcast. He's on, um, my son is in his late 20s, but he hears me on podcasts and, and stuff like that. And he, and I talk to him a lot about relationships, but um, relationships again, it's various types of infidelities. It's not cookie cutter. Uh, all relationships can't and should not be saved. Um, it's a lot of things that you can do to affair proof your relationship, but nothing beats good old fashioned um, communication, communication about the right things, not what's going right, but what's going wrong and how can we work through it. And I mean, what drew you, what drew me to you initially was, and, and we're going to wrap up in, in a couple minutes, but uh, was your quote that you put on Instagram about we all eat lies when our hearts are hungry. And I referenced that quote and you in uh, episode 117 when I came out about the, the nine-year affair that had gone on in my relationship. And that was the one single part of that episode that nonstop people were reaching out to me about. And they're like, that quote will live with me for the rest of my life. Like we all <laughs> when our hearts are hungry because that is exactly what I was doing. I, 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 had, I was having all these intuition hits but I was ignoring them and stuffing them down for, for various reasons. Oh, I love that. Oh my God. Yes. So, when you said that, I can, I can just see that because we, we, we go blind. We like eyes wide shut. It's just like, that's like, like when we get to the personal stuff, I'd be like, well, did, well, I kind of knew I'm like, and you didn't discuss that. No, because we don't want it to happen. No. And we don't want to be alone either. That's like the, the ultimate fear. And I never thought of myself as somebody like that, but there was definitely an element of that, that I was, I was comfortable. I was stable. I was comfortable. But that's why so many times when I think affairs and stuff come out, you look back and so many people end up saying, yeah, when I looked back, so many, so many more things made sense. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, all the pieces of the puzzle fell into place when I found out about it because I'm like, Oh, that's why I felt weird on that one day where it felt like things were off. Like <laughs> you be really, it's really awesome when you fall back and remember the times where bids of attention didn't get met. Yes. Sexual needs and desires didn't get discussed. Mm-hmm. Emotions didn't get validated. That's the real shit. We can think about when they left and took a long time for to go get milk, but we're not gonna remember the time when. I had to work late and I came home and didn't want them to touch me or I didn't want to talk. You know what I'm saying? We don't talk about that stuff of how we saw, how we can understand how we made room for the affair. Oh yeah, we can figure it out when he stayed late or she stayed late or dinner date or vacation. We can figure that out, but still let's talk about where did it start happening? And how did it start happening? You like, um, you eat anything with the, when your heart is uh, hungry. I also like you date at the level of your self-esteem. Oh, that is good. That is really good. <laughs> I'm just going to be quoting you forever, Renell. <laughs> you date at the level of your self-esteem. Because one thing about me, you follow me, I'm really into self. I'm really into you knowing yourself because I do couples therapy. But it, uh, a relationship is two whole people. If you're not, you're going to depend on that other person to complete you. That means you're nothing without that person. You know, that's an unhealthy enmeshment. That's why I encourage my couples to have an outside life. To go and do what you like. Have your um, enjoyment and everything and then come together. Be fulfilled. Because my biggest thing is when women come to me and say, I gave up everything for you. 
I said, well, did he ask you to? Yeah. No, because she assumed to be a wife, I had to lose my identity. And then that's also the birthplace of resentment, too. Hello, I'm telling you, we're yeah. getting good. <laughs> Go on and on. <laughs> Hey, ain't nothing like two bitter women on the uh, podcast. We can talk all day about. <laughs> we can talk all day, <laughs> all day, all day about one style because man, you put me. I have a flashback. I be saying everything. But yeah, but that's the whole thing, and that's make it good because I'm showing you that healing is possible. I am in a healthy, loving environment relationship but I had to make space for that I had to submit and I had to let this man love on me mm-hmm. I had to remember that he's not the one who hurt me I had to do more of forgiving we didn't even talk about that we don't talk about forgiveness because we don't say we don't want to forgive and I say remember it's not it's not for them it's for you forgiveness just released the power that that situation or that person had over you I love that you mentioned that because I've talked, I had an episode on forgiveness a little while back that I'll reference in the show notes. And one of the things I mentioned on it, I've argued this for years with people that, that people will tell me that in order to forgive, you have to forget. And I have always stood by the fact that that's a load of shit. And none of us are ever going to forget. You can say you forget, but you don't. So you're just lying to yourself then because we all remember, but it's the choice to forgive. And you, you know, you can't forgive overnight. It's going to take time. It's going to take work to get to that place, but you can forgive. And what actually does for me, and my forgiveness might not look like your forgiveness. Absolutely. It's different for everyone. It's different for everybody. So that's how a lot of my couples, my lady, I can't forgive him. I can't forgive him. I said, okay, you don't have to forgive him. You don't have to forgive him. But what are you going to do to release the power that it holds over you? Yeah. I'm not saying forgive him. I'm saying forgive to allow for healing to take place. Acknowledge it happened, but not forgiving is not going to change anything. And just remember, you're not going to get closure. So just because you say, I'm not going to forgive, not going to forgive. You don't feel better. How many people you know who didn't forgive feel better? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's such a beautiful point. Like I, I just... It, it takes all of this just takes so much work and so much understanding. And it's something that has to be continuously done on an, on an ongoing basis because, you know, as when you get out of one relationship, you have healing to do on your own. When you get into your next relationship, you're going to have healing to do on your own and with the new partner. And then as that relationship continues to evolve, you're going to have to get to another place. Like it, it's just an ongoing thing and we're constantly learning and growing, but we have to be open to that learning and growing because otherwise, be yes, and you have to be vulnerable because otherwise life is just going to keep punching you in the face and you're going to be sitting here in victim mode going, why does this keep happening to me? <laughs> and share it and know what your triggers are. Yes. Know what your triggers are and share them with your partner and, and let them know how they can support you when you have it and just recognize they're not the one. Don't let, stop letting um, your new partner pay the debt of your last partner. Oh, such a good reminder. Such a good <laughs> reminder. Oh my gosh. Renell, I could talk to you all day and I feel like we're just getting started. Like we're getting like warmed up right now. We could easily go for like another couple hours. <laughs> I want to be respectful of your time. So let us know where everyone can find you and how people can work with you. Okay. So you can find me uh, at Kaleidoscope Services, LLC.org. If you are experienced or recovering from a fair, I have a page just for you, a website. It's affairaftercare.com. You can also find me on IG at Affair Aftercare and at Noir Sex Therapist, and that's no E in sex. And that's where um, you're going to get a lot of healing quotes. Uh, you're going to get a lot of relationship stuff and just stuff to prepare you and assist you in your healing. And I love your Instagram. So everyone make sure to go check that out. And I will reference all of this and all the ways to connect, uh, to, to connect with you, Renell, over in the show notes at roomtogrowpodcast.com as well. Um, and one final question I always wrap up with is if you could offer people one piece of advice on growing into the best possible version of themselves, what would it be? Communicate before coming. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's my tagline. That's everything. I'm sorry. You I know, I'm going to I'm going it. to pleasure. I can go everything, but we so relationship oriented. I'm say communicate before coming before you even get inside my bed, get inside my head. So I'm gonna say communicate before coming. That might be the greatest answer I've ever gotten to that question. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Rennell, thank you so much. I've loved every minute of this. And yeah, we, I, I've had a couple guests lately. You were definitely among them. I'm like, okay, we might need to do part two because we're just getting warmed up. We didn't even talk. This was infidelity. I got to come back and talk about sex. Okay. Yes. We need to do that. You know what? We'll actually set this up. We're going to set that up and we're going to bring you back on to talk about just sex. I love it. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Rennell. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Room to Grow podcast today. I'm so incredibly grateful that you took the time because it means the absolute world to me. For any references in the episode and all show notes, be sure to jump over to roomtogrowpodcast.com. And if this episode touched your heart, it would mean so much if you would take a quick second to hit subscribe, write a review and share on social media or with someone who really needs to hear today's message. It makes such a difference to keep this podcast going so that I can continue to bring you amazing content and absolutely incredible guests. Be sure to tag me over on Instagram at Emily Goff Coach so that I can thank you in real time for listening and connect with you. We're back every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday with brand new episodes, and I am looking forward to growing with you.